Cool. Dude, Jamie. Cheers. cheers, brother. Thanks for coming to the fire pit, dude. It's very nice here, man. I'm loving it. It's chill. It's got some nice wood here. Real good wood. Some secret secret uh, location. Secret dude. location. Yeah. I'm telling you, ask Phil, that guy <laughs> that was on the last fireside chat. The guy gets real upset if we tell him. Yeah. We tell anybody where the spot is. Maybe you let him know Jamie from E Clean Bros in need of wood. Maybe he'll you send him some meals. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like he needs to eat better. Probably. So, dude, one of the reasons I, I really wanted to have you on is I've observed what you have done and you know, from afar obviously, the last, you know, five to seven years. And obviously you've built a humongous brand. Um, so kudos to you and, and hats off to you. Oh, thanks, and, man. You know, the, the, the thing that I'm trying to get across with this is you could be a guy that had, you know, start in life at a lower middle class, you know, middle class, upper middle class, and still get somewhere, and you could still be yourself and not have to be fake and try to be like everybody else and still succeed. And again, from afar, that's what I see in you. Yeah, I, I uh, man, I don't even know where to start. I... I definitely came from a uh, pretty relatable level. <clears throat> I always loved food. I, being being who I was, who I am is who I am. I can't be anybody else. I'm not gonna act, I'm not gonna pretend. That was part of the reason why E Clean Bro made so much sense. You know, my dad actually came up with the name and when he said it, I was a little unsure, but I knew it was real. I knew it was true to who I was. It's the way I talk. It's the way I am. And I couldn't hide behind a lie. I had to, I just had to be who I was. And I always tell myself, I would rather be, you know, when you think about the three little pigs, I would rather be in a ranch of bricks than a skyscraper of straws because I've seen I've seen the rise and fall of many entrepreneurs and if you don't have that solid foundation of truth and honesty with yourself and your customers and your employees and all the people around you you are living in a house of cards I never wanted to live on a house of cards I, I never wanted to be that crash and burn story of somebody who made it and then lost it and when you're really trying to build something substantial that lasts forever, it starts with honesty. And if you're not honest with yourself, and honesty starts with yourself. So you have to first be honest with yourself and then give that honesty to others and create that honesty around you, which breeds trust, which breeds loyalty. And all these great things start happening with the people, like if all the great things first have to happen inside yourself, then it could start happening around others. And that's how you build something that is just indestructibly long lasting. So that's a, a lot. I think a lot of entrepreneurs, especially people trying to get to the next level, myself included, I started financial planning 15 years ago. You're kind of acting like somebody you're not. You have to swallow your ego at some point and be honest with yourself and say, hey, you know, if I really want to do this, I got to understand where I'm actually really at today and how I'm going to get to where I want to go. Yeah, the honest, uh, the mirror, um, you know, being honest with yourself is, is really the hardest, uh, it's the hardest time ever in my life. And I, when I, sometimes when I talk to my younger employees, specifically the kids transitioning into adulthood, I always tell them, I would never want to be your age. People say that your age is the greatest time of your life. It's not. Believe me, you know, you're fucking 23, 24, 25. Those were the worst years of my life and I would never want them back. The years when I was struggling to figure out what I wanted to do with my life, the years I was struggling to figure out who exactly, who am I, what, you know, what is my purpose here? Those are the years I'd never want to, uh, I would never want to relive those years. I'll never forget the happiest I ever was, you know, was when, uh, like, like I think back to like the happiest I ever was, was when I, I finally 
came to a point where I'm like, wow, you know, eat clean, bro. This is it for me. This is what I'm going to do. And it was, it was June or July of 2013. And I had just got the call. Um, I had, I had a second job. I was working two jobs while I was working at eat clean, bro. And the job was like, Hey, look, uh, you know, we're going to, we're going to let you go. And, uh, in like a good way. It was, yeah. I was, I was doing the eat clean bro. I was working some lousy shifts to make some extra money. And, uh, the guy wanted to just consolidate his schedule and, and get more full-time people in there. And I remember thinking like, wow, I'm fully self-employed. You know, I was like making 500 bucks a week and I was so happy to just do it. And I, and I did it. And then it was so, uh, it, it was it was a really happy time in my life and then obviously i met my wife and i got her on board in early 2014 and and we just we worked our ass off and since you brought that up i i was reading all about your wife and yeah. uh, she's obviously the ceo now she's she um she was for a long time because of the kids and everything um because of the kids, I, I stepped up, you know, I took the CEO role. Um, I'll tell you this, like I told her, I was very fortunate in my life. Now, I had a tough time transitioning into adulthood, but one of the things that I got to do that gave me a huge advantage in life was I was always able to surround myself with millionaires and mm -hmm. successful entrepreneurs. So when I was a kid and I was a personal trainer, I was always around a whole bunch of older rich dudes and all we would do is talk about business and money and stories and I always like to learn about, you know, people in their life and their stories and uh, you were interested. Yeah, and, and you know what, when you meet people and they talk to you and it makes it a more tangible thing. So like for for all the people who know 50 Cent or know Jay-Z, they know how he came up like that story might be tangible, but for someone who doesn't know him, trying to think about his life or his story, like uh, it, it may not be a, a tangible story or a believable story. When I, whenever I think about those guys, I would always remind myself, like, dude, at one point in their career, they were on the corner handing out mixtapes, like, yo, please listen to my music, please. Mm -hmm. And every time I would go out and hand out my meals, I'd always remind myself, like, hey, like, you know, Jay-Z and 50 Cent, these were guys who were out there with their mixtape and CD, like, hey, listen to my music, listen to my music. So I'd always tell myself, this is me, you know, hey, please try my food, please try my food. Now, when my kid, my, when my first son, when my son was born, I'd always remind myself, every single multi-millionaire I know all says the same thing. You can always make more money, you can never get the time back with your kids. So that was something that Kayla never needed to hear because she's just been awesome. But when you're the pressure and the stress of owning a business with the competition moving in, the space is getting way more competitive. You need to level up. You need to improve. Um, the, the stress is in, immense. It's immensely stressful. The pressure is insane. And uh, sometimes you need to just remind yourself, you know, can always can always make more money can always work harder can always work longer like your kids only one years old for so long your daughter's only one for so long so she's been crushing the mom role I'm doing my best as a dad I think I'm doing good I bear I never miss dinner uh, every morning we do our we do our walk I'm with the kids every morning I see. you I'm walk the, down the driveway yeah. you go to the, you're killing bugs yeah killing these moths. yeah I gotta tell you, I thought I was gonna lose a ton of followers for getting weird on my Instagram, but my following it, my following's going up, <laughs> and uh, I'm like, Damn. I need to get one of those bug assault guns. Yeah, bro, they they're sending me stuff. I told them I'm start <laughs> I'm starting Salt Team Six. We're gonna start Salt Team Six. <laughs> Dude, that is hilarious. But uh, so yeah, so Kayla's killing the mom thing. Um, it's so important to have that woman in your life that's like your rock. She she's uh she's so like um she's. We're both very special, and um, yeah, man, God, uh, God put her in my life. So we uh, we were an we are an incredible team. But when it when there was no kids and it was just business, we would get so much shit done in one day. It was, 
I mean, now there's kids involved. We have a friggin' ten-week-old puppy. Um, it's like we don't, we don't, <laughs> we don't move as fast as we used to, but we still get stuff done. I have an incredible management team now. I just hired an entire marketing department. We brought in an industrial engineer. Uh, my CFO is incredible. Um, I have a couple really good advisors. You know, my attorney's great. My mentor Dave is great. My mentor Roger. Like I, I have a lot of really good people around me, and um, it actually there's so many incredible people around me that uh, you gotta delegate. Yeah, man. So now we're like getting into barbecue and shit. I'm trying to do barbecue competitions. I saw you. You just got that. That's that company you're rocking the hat. Yeah, the Moberg, man. Um, I'm always a huge fan of passionate entrepreneurs, and Sonny Moberg is just probably i i don't want to say he's the best in texas he's famous i would i I don't know of anyone who comes even close to the product he produces and i had a bunch of times like we're talking going back and forth we're it was just so cool to to meet an entrepreneur who's cool down to earth passionate regular and he's the best at what he does and his prices are competitive you know, that's what I always try to do. Not I slaughtering be, people. I want to be competitive. Am I the best at what I do? I think I am. I want to be better. But I also want to be, uh, I want to be priced out competitive. And I think that's cool. Well, when you want to sell to the people that you like, your people. When you're the best at what you do and you price yourself competitive, you're the man. When you're the best at what you do and you're just banging people out, you're kind of a dick. Mm-hmm. So make that money while you can. I don't know. I want to compete and win, and I never want to give my competition a chance to even come close to me. So, I thought that was really cool about Sonny. Um, you know, observing I'd, from afar, I think you're winning. Oh yeah, thank you, man. So I think you're winning. So let me let me ask you this. I, I've I've read the story. I think we've heard it a couple of times. You know, you started with the three hundred bucks. Yeah. Left in your account, and you went and ran with it. And uh, you know, then you met your wife. She wanted to go into law enforcement. She hopped on, organized your menus. She organized everything. What What do you think it was that instantly took you to the next level? And I know you were you were sending meals to Frankie. I've read that or heard that in the past somewhere. Was it a, a contact? Was it online social media game? What was it that all of a sudden took you to the next level? We had... So, my wife gets a lot of credit. Obviously... Kayla, me and Kayla, my buddy Johnny Oak, and Chef John. The four of us, um, when you like read books about teamwork or leadership or anything like, and, and plus dude, I had a really solid kitchen crew. I had probably, at one point, I had an all-star team in Freehold. And my, my team is very good now. I'm not... Not taking anything away from anybody now, but I had, uh, I just had the right people I had driving. fucking killers with me. And we would just do whatever it took to get the job done. And um, we always got the job done. I had guys, man, they'd be working fucking 12, 14 hours with me. Uh, no problem, you know, no complaining, no, no negativity, straight positive. Um, I would be fucking, uh, dude, friggin' 4 a.m. to fucking midnight, like, taking fucking deliveries to Lala's house on the Upper East Side, like, barely staying awake. Um, doing what it took. Doing, yeah, fuck yeah. So, I would say we started hitting a stride, fourth quarter, 2014. We started to fucking explode. So, I, <laughs> you know what's really funny? I think about this too. Because a lot of times, man, not that I have success depression. I don't have success depression. But as a dad, I'm trying to think like, what the fuck happened here? You know, like, how do I teach my son what it takes to make it in this world? And when I was a kid, my dad used to always say, you know, you never know when you're going to come across 
anybody later in life. You know, be nice. You don't know who you're going to, you never know who you're going to come across later in life. And uh, I don't want to come across like just, you know, in high school, you know, I was fucking killer wrestler. I was cool. I had a bunch of friends and I was always super cool to everybody. I was not a dick, you know? And there'd be times where later on in life, people would thank me. They'd be like, Jamie, you're always so nice to me in high school. And I'm like, why, why wouldn't I be nice to you? You know, you were always nice. I was nice back and I never really thought about it. But for some people, you know, they fucking really like that about me. And I had a lot of fucking relationships like that. Like just my boy, Sean Dua was the CFO of shreds. I saw him on Facebook. Was that the, uh, he was at the Olympia. And I'm like, what the fuck is Sean Dua doing at the Olympia? Like, he didn't play sports. He didn't bodybuild. He wasn't a weightlifter. I'm like, Sean, like, what the fuck are you doing at the Olympia? Like, this is the most bizarre thing. And he's like, yo, I'm the CFO of Shreds. And at the time, in 2013, Shreds was pioneering social media influencer marketing. And they were everywhere. And I was like, damn, Sean, like, I wish I could get some meals. Um, he's like, yeah, Arvin... So I go back, me and Mike, the situation go back. We go back before Mike was famous. And uh, Arvin was friends with Mike. And I was feeding the, uh, I was feeding Mike's whole family. And his older brother, Frank, used to save all the containers. So he had like this closet full of containers. And Arvin saw the closet full of containers. And, you know, Frank was telling him about me. And so then I, I went up to Jersey City to get meals to Arvin, started cooking for Arvin. And uh, me and Arvin hit it off, and Arvin started hitting me. Like, all the most influential people on Instagram were affiliated with Shreds, would be in Jersey City, and I would cook all their diet plans for them. So, like, you know, hardcore Ainsley, cook for her, cook for, jeez. Uh, were you charging them at the time, or were you doing it pro bono um, to get in? You know, man, that's funny you asked that question. Um, I, you know what? I think Joey Swole was paying. Joey Swole was paying. De Devin Physique, man, like, I don't know if you guys know his story, but he got, I think he got what he deserved. I don't know his story. He, like, blew a massive fitness empire because he didn't pay his assistant, like, 2500 bucks. But, uh, he, he was, like... This is a positive story, but some people took advantage of me in 2013, and I don't forget. But not that it matters with him anymore. I think he torched his career. So, so hold on. That, that's something I want to pull out of you. I just saw on your eye. What? So, barstool guy, Portnoy. Yeah. He, he pops a bottle every time he crushes somebody that shut him down <laughs> on something he was going to do or someone that did him wrong in the past. Yeah. And as much as I don't let any of that control me it's or nice, where I'm going. No, it's, it's nice to crush a motherfucker who deserves it. Yeah. Um, Bad people. It's, I'm not going to sit here and say it's easy. Life is not easy. Life is fucking hard. But if you're some dickhead who goes around trying to hurt other people, man, your, time's, your time's coming, dude. It's only a matter of time because people like me fall. The people who fucking go out of their way to help everybody fall... We all fall. It 100%. doesn't fucking last. Good times do not last forever. But the difference is, if I fall, there's thousands of fucking people who are going to help me back up. 100%. Because you helped them all up. Fuck, man. You're here you tonight. You barely know me. And you came on this fireside chat. You didn't have to do that. So, for the people like, you know, for me, when I was a kid, you know, this all started on accident in 2005. When I started cooking for my buddy, and I started cooking out at his mortgage office. And, you know, mortgages were real hot in 2005, six, you know, yeah. and then prior the, to wait. Once that shit hit the fan, it was a wrap. But in that time when mortgages were hot, there were some people fucking laughing at me. Oh, you're the kid with the meals. You're the kid with the meals. You know, one, I remember one guy specifically just fucking asshole. Arrogant. 
Like, dude, I'm a fucking 19, 20-year-old kid with a bag of fucking food, bro. Like, you can't just look the other way. You got to go and, like, take a shot at, like... Yeah, put me down. Oh, yeah. And you know what? Now he's out there at, like, fucking retro gyms trying to fucking sell meals, like, that are less... Like, just... It's funny. Like, dude, you went out of your way to fuck with me when I was a kid. And now, like, you're trying to do... What I did. You're trying to do what I did. And you know what? I'm fucking wiping the floor with your face. And, uh... So what what was in you at that time? Because I I feel like even for myself, in my business, I have people who look at me again. Think about the financial planning space. Everybody's buttoned up. Suit, tie, BMW, right? Yeah. I drive a pickup truck. I walk walk into the office with flip-flops on. There's (laughs) a lot of older people who, who talk about me. And that's okay. What in your head or your mind or your mindset at the time it was like fuck this guy i'm gonna be successful you know for the people out there that are maybe going through those same type of problems back to like the honesty man like i am the per i am not the type of person i am never gonna fucking hurt somebody to get ahead i'm not gonna hurt somebody to get ahead I'm going to, like, I guess, like, shit. I had a really tough time. I guess what everything that clicked with me was E-Clean Bro was a very honest living. It is a very honest living. I mean, the goal is to make, like, 50 cents a meal, right? So, Mm -hmm. like, in reality, that's fucking pennies on the dollar considering, like, I've always wanted to give my customer a value I've always wanted to give my employee a very, um, like a, a livable wage. Man, can you repeat the question, dude? I think I got lost here. Yeah. Were you saying like? So when you're when you're a young guy and this dude's taking shots at you, you're a 19 year old kid walking in with this bag of food, and this guy, whoever it may be, is talking shit to you. What were you telling yourself? I'm going to crush this guy one day and wipe the floor with him. Or did you just keep walking and ignore it or, or, or you know, I, took it to heart? I didn't ignore it. I didn't take it to heart. I kind of always knew, like, something always told me that I could pull it off. Like, there was just something in me that would just say, like, you, like, you could fucking do this. Like, you're good. You can do this, you know? And, like... There was just this innate confidence in my ability, although I failed so many times. I I just, for some reason, man, I always thought I could do it. So I never really paid attention to those people. I would just always try to like, uh, always try to sharpen my skills. And because I was so obsessed with the gym, you know, one of my really good friends, Mark. D1 baseball, D1 basketball, fucking mechanical engineer, self-made multimillionaire, you know. I would work out with him every day. And he loved training with me because I was intense and I'd push him. And I got to spend so much quality time with fucking great people. Like, I would, you know, it was like I had this counseling and this therapy and I, I I just got to be around really fucking successful people at a young age. And they molded me, and I was I was able to be around the right fucking people, and that that is you know. Now, do you believe like and like that was your destiny? Like there was something pulling you towards what you're doing today and wherever you're going in the future. I think so. Yeah. I mean, I always love I always love cooking for my friends. I have to live with myself. I can't be some shady scumbag like. E clean bro, e clean bro, like dude, is money nice? Fucking Christ, yes, money is, money is awesome. Money, money is a big responsibility. There's a lot that goes along with it. It's uh, I mean, fuck, you're a financial planner, dude. Like, you wake up one day, um, just, I don't know. If you're motivated by money, man, like, you need to reevaluate your life. Because that is not going to make you happy. Or it might. I don't know. Maybe it might. Maybe it might. Maybe it might. 
I'm at a point in my career where the next step for me is elevating the people around me, sharing the fucking blessing and the wealth, and creating a path for you know all of my lieutenants to get the money they deserve and elevate their life and create new deals, structure new deals, try to get my, you know, my business to the next level. And you can only take yourself so far before you have to start taking people around you farther. And then in turn, you get farther. You know, Eddie Alvarez, you know, last time I was out to lunch with him, he said some fucking shit that blew my mind. It was like, uh, we were talking about like, you know, giving back and being good people and trying to help others. And he's like, the only way for me to be a better fighter is to be a better person. And like, Eddie's like me or like Frank, like Eddie is a cool motherfucker. And like, sometimes Eddie will just hit you with like some deep shit. You're yeah. just and never you're like, like, you're like, damn, Eddie, like, damn, like, that was fucking sweet, man. Like, so I, same thing with me in business. If I want to be a better businessman, I got to be a better man, you know? So jumping back in, you were just talking about giving back and elevating the people around you and someone in my life talking about this podcast and stuff that I've done because I try to be charitable, right? I try to give back. I've given to all the local booster clubs. Yeah. One of the departments in my firm they do all the local um, pension planning for the school districts. Cool. I was, you know, very influential in helping with that because I've given back to boost clubs for years. Kids cancer, veterans. There is. Some people say, yeah. and I'm not saying about you, but people say in general, well, these people are just doing it because it's about business and it's about their pocket. I don't feel that from you. Yeah. What would you say to those people? I mean, if you want to go around and just fucking hate somebody for trying to make someone someone's life better then you need to maybe like I don't know man I uh I, I I understand why sometimes people think that like you know when I first got to meet Tony Hawk and I I feel really bad because my whole life I was always a fan of Tony Hawk and then I got to meet him and he was kind of a dick um really let me down thought it was kind of weird he kept bragging about like the skate parks he was building and all these like underprivileged areas and i thought like tony like that's good but like dude you're fucking building these skate parks so people got to buy your skateboards or want to buy your fucking video game or they want to fucking do something but like you know it'd be like um yeah i gave away all these loaves of bread but like i'm fucking selling cold cuts you yeah. know like hey you got this bread you want to buy some of my fucking meat to make a sandwich um all in all Overall, Tony building those skate parks are fucking great. You know, that the more elevated I got, like, hey, man, that was fucking great. Unfortunately, the time I met Tony Hawk, supposedly he was going through a really nasty divorce. I got a bad experience with Tony Hawk, and I kind of feel bad that that's that was like, you know, for a little while, I was kind of like, yo, fuck Tony Hawk. But supposedly he was going through a bad divorce, and so I understand, right? Like, I, I don't know, man. I do I do so much every single week that I don't even talk about. Um, so tell but, us a little bit about that 9/11 one as as well as what you do on Thanksgiving. Uh, so 9/11 was like obviously everybody knows about COVID-19. It was a it was a really like depressing, sad time, and then. Uh, Governor Cuomo was like, we're canceling the lights, right? We're not going to fucking do the lights. And I just was enraged. I was so pissed off. Thinking like, look, man, I understand. Um, and I'm not trying to go in any political direction, but like, hey, if you need to cancel a parade because of exposure, if you need to cancel a concert because of exposure, or if you don't think people should be in movie theaters, because okay, but dude, you're telling me we can't look out the fucking window at and lights. look at a fucking yeah, light? Come on. So I lost it. I said I'm doing my own. I got fucking lasers from California, and and we put on this like you know this little barbecue. We invited a small group of fucking close friends. 
got a bunch of the police and first, you know, all the first responders involved. And, and it was such a special time. I mean, it made it so special. I think, I think what made it the most special was because we're all like in this quarantine. And then it was like one of the first times all of our friends got to be together. And it was just an overwhelmingly positive thing. And, uh, you know, it's, it's mostly about, I, I would not call the 9-11 event, the 9-11 event is not a charitable event. It's just like, you know, it's a, it's a act of appreciation to the people who, you know, put their lives on the line to, you know, give us the freedoms that we live and also to never forget and always remember, you know, the innocent people who, who lost their lives on that very tragic, terrible day. Um, it, it's just, but that's what I love about you. Like you're a guy that's like, this is something I believe in. The people around me believe in this. You know, no one's giving these people love, and we yeah. have this ass yeah. clown politician shutting down lights over COVID. Yeah. I mean, you're like, dude, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go do it myself. I'm gonna take it in my own hands, and that's I felt something like, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was a super, it's super positive, and then we just did another one. We just, you know, that that just wrapped up and. Like I said, man, I would not call that. That is not a charitable thing. I think at one point we will, we will turn that into a, a charitable event where we raise money. But uh, every Thanksgiving, I would do the, uh, you know, I'd give away the turkeys. My my goal, my goal was to like, you know, over the years, I've always it was always like a thousand families for Thanksgiving, a thousand families for Christmas. Um. This year, um, you know, uh, every year I try to improve. So my wife put together a gala at the Butcher Block. We're raising a, a ton of money for lunch break, which is, um, it's the local food bank I work with. They're based in Monmouth in Ocean County. They're like a full 360 rehabilitation center. They, they really... Obviously, they help underprivileged people. They help people in crisis. But they also help with, like, you know, resume. They help you write your resume. They help you with, like, job building skills. School. It's like a full, like, they help people get back on their feet. It's not just this, like, perpetual, like, hey, here, here, here. Like, What made out. you pick that one? You know what, man? I was looking for somewhere because sometimes we have extra food. I didn't want to throw it away. Food is friggin' fresh, brand new, healthy. It's expensive. Um, yeah, so we found them. They were local, and we just put together this great, this great relationship. And uh, the gala, do you have any tickets and sponsorships we sold, left? We sold out, and like uh, most of it sold out pre-sale and then once we put it live it sold out in like two two days damn that's crazy yeah i knew it was going to sell out um yeah we're doing it we're, we're doing it at the butcher block probably going to be like the first party in there to get the new the new vibe new there. menu new vibe yeah so I do, I do a ton of shit man like i don't care what haters think, but usually um, when COVID happened and we got locked down, dude, every fucking friend of mine who is a hairdresser, a DJ, fucking anybody who got like out of work and I was sending them, you know, $500,000 gift cards, free clean bro to make sure they had food, um, you know, but like, but then just look, man. Times are fucked up right now. It's very obviously, strange. I, obviously, I want to help everybody. And, I, and not that I'm being desensitized to all the fucked up things going on in the world. But, like, dude, things are so overwhelmingly fucked up that, like, I'm, I'm like, dude, I, I, can't, I can't fucking save the world, dude. Like, I, I can do my best. Um, but... I think you're doing a good job. I'm trying, dude. It wouldn't I'm, overwhelm your mind yeah, with thinking. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Like, you know, I feel bad. You know, terminally ill kids. Yeah, fuck. Here's free food. Here, you know, here, anything we I could do. We worked with Jason's Dreams for Kids for many years in Monmouth County. They were awesome. I work with all, like, fuck, man. I don't even know. I can't keep up. But I've been blessed. 
I've been blessed. I've been fucking blessed. To a point where like, it's my responsibility, man. I'm in a position to help. I fucking help. It's a little overwhelming sometimes because when you do put yourself in a position to help, then like, it's like, uh, it's almost like feeding a uh, seagull's French fries. So yeah. you start learning like, damn, yeah. damn, Come. I didn't even know that was, I didn't even know that problem existed. Yep. Now your whole world starts opening up to all this horrible yep. shit. And you're like, damn, yep. like, yo, I'm sorry. Like I'm, I'm out of money. I'm, yeah. I'm out of budget. I, yeah. I like, helped you as much as I could. Yeah. You got to draw the line somewhere. But it's not, you know. Well, listen, we don't got to spend too much time. You're, you're killing it and have yeah. fun. And, and I think you motivate a lot of other people to do it. A question I wanted to hit you with was, what was a big mindset shift or an aha moment from when you first started and having a little success to maybe where you are today? Something that just shifted completely in your mind and you were like, oh. So, one, like back in 2013, back to Sean Dua, who... I got to tell you, was a huge, uh, I fucking love that kid. Sean Dua, it, we're still friends, obviously we're still friends today, but I remember, man, when I first started, and in 2013, we were talking, and, you know, he's the CFO of a fucking company, and I'm just some, I'm just some kid, like, bartering deals with restaurants, cooking in the middle of the night, um... I remember having conversations with him being overwhelmed at how little I actually knew. And I, I remember like kind of almost having a fucking panic attack and thinking like, fuck dude, I have no idea what I'm doing. I don't have the fucking knowledge to do this. And then the aha moment was like, I don't need to know everything. Yeah, I can fail forward. I don't need to fucking know everything. I know Sean, if I have a fucking question pertaining to finance, business, X, Y, and Z, I'll call my friend Sean and I'll ask him. He'll help me out. I'll ask the questions. They say great leaders ask great questions. That was when I realized, dude, I need to be resourceful. I need to understand what my problems are and then I need to understand after I identify the problem, who is the person I'm going to identify to help me overcome this problem and then that became like okay now that's behind me now i don't need to be the smartest guy in the fucking world to achieve all these great things i just need to recognize a problem and immediately as the problem occurs i need to identify the problem and then i can immediately identify the solution inside my network of who who is the appropriate resource to deploy on this problem and then so yeah i think a lot of young people who are coming up and again goes back to the ego they're afraid to ask for help i'm the same way i look at myself as like the quarterback or i call it the macro manager yeah. of the of the client's team and i go and pick people out of my world that are specialists in that area i don't need to know it all i just need to know who knows it when i te when i deal with the young because i got a lot of delivery drivers and and i'll ask them questions and shit and they'll be like oh well i gotta figure it out I go, what the fuck do you have to figure out? Yeah, just go. Why the fuck are you trying to figure this shit out? Yeah. Are you fucking, like, why are you trying to work so much harder? What the fuck are you trying to figure out? Uh, uh, uh. What the fuck are you trying to figure out? And then we get to the bottom of it. All right, well, dude, do you have fucking time to uncover all of life's fuck, like, learn how to fucking identify a problem faster and learn how to fucking tap into your network faster and learn how to fucking apply some fucking basic problem solving skills to your fucking life or else you're going to have fucking 10 years are going to go by and you're going to be the same motherfucker you are today. Yeah, just overthinking. Overthinking everything. Yeah, going nowhere. A lot of people still think I'm fucking dumb and I, I think it's funny and that shit makes me laugh at night. <laughs> That's crazy. I fucking laugh at it because I'm not in the fucking suit and I'm not using big words and I'm not trying to show off. I don't That's care. That's why you're on this fireside chat, dude, because yeah. I am the same guy and I... I want the people out there like you who are maybe being pushed down by that guy that made fun of you as you're a 19-year-old kid carrying the bags <laughs> to know that you're actually 30 steps ahead of him. He just doesn't fucking know it. I know. He, That's he why, never bro. fucking knows That's it. That's why, like, dude, I fucking love Frankie, bro. I love Frankie. I love Eddie. Like, I fucking love those guys. Like, they're good people. They're fucking mm -hmm. amazing. Like, they're just Todd Frazier too. He's the fucking man, bro. It's you, so cool when like motherfuckers are like awesome. Like 
when motherfuckers make it and they're awesome, it just like it just it just makes them so cool. Yeah, because there's a lot of frauds out there that make it, and they're just people that, at least for me, make my vibe get off. I just yeah. I don't like them. I think their time is coming, man. So, I hope so for the bad people in, in my world that I observe. I'm sure. I'm sure you. I'm sure you see it. Um, so, what I like to do is ask like two major questions kind of towards the end of this and you could take as long as you want or as short as you want to answer them and one of the questions i wanted for you was what's one thing that you would tell a young guy looking to start a meal prep company start in finance do something like uh, like a young evan is doing in his world with video editing and social media What's the one thing that you would tell them that is the most important to focus on today in this world? Fuck. Take a minute. I always say this. You have to believe. It starts with believing. So no matter what you're doing, you, you have to know in your heart you have to, you, you have to, if you have already decided what you want to do with your life, you, in order to be successful in life, you need to know what you want out of life. So if you have already figured out what it is you want out of life, the step, step one to becoming successful is actually being to identify what is success to you. You know, one of my best friends, his grandfather's rich, left his mother a boatload of money. He doesn't have to worry about money. He's got very little ambition in life. He wants to read and go to college and doesn't want to work. But you know what? Reading makes him happy. So we might look at this kid like, Jesus, man, get it together. Like you're fucking like, but to him, he's self-aware. He knows he's not living a normal life. He doesn't care. He wants to read books. And that's why me and him can still stay friends because he is aware of his reality he'll joke around about it but like he is completely aware of what he wants out of life reading those fucking books that's all he cares about and then i have some friends who are just um they're like a moth circling a light bulb they yeah. can't can't figure it out they can't figure it out well dude they can't figure it out because they never figured it out what the fuck do you want out of your life kid what do you want what makes you happy like What's something you would do every fucking day for the rest of your life for free? What is something that like you can't go a fucking day without? What is something that like you look down and fucking eight hours went by and you realized, fuck, man, like where did the time go? Like identify what makes you happy. Start engineering your fucking life. Like, you know, you have a certain amount of time. Once you understand what it is you want to... And it, and by no means is this fucking easy. That's yeah. the hardest thing you'll ever fucking do in your life. But once that part comes, then you have to believe whatever the fuck it is you want to do, you have to believe you can do it. If you don't believe you can do it, you need to work on that. And you need to find some fucking North Stars. Like for me, you know, because business is overwhelming. I don't have all the answers. Are my employees happy? Are my customers happy? Is my food being delivered on time? Is my price right? Is my food good? I ask myself those five questions in those orders. If the answer is yes to all of those questions, I live to see another day. If the answer to any of those questions is no, I fucking kill myself to make sure that that fucking answer goes back to yes immediately. That's it. Those are the five things I worry about every day. And that's how I cruise. But dude, I fucking believe I could do it. That is the starting point. The starting point, the prequel is identifying. You need to identify what success is in your life. Once you identify what it is, you have to believe you can do it. Once you believe you can do it, then you need to go fucking Chase do it. Chase that vision. So second question, where do you see Clean Bro? I think I read somewhere yesterday, you guys did 17 or 19 million last year, which is fucking awesome, dude. That, I mean, that's tits. Thank you, man. Um, from, from a guy who essentially came from nothing to growing this organization of great staff, great management, you yeah. and your wife, $19 million in sales is huge. What is Eat Clean Bro's future look like? 
10, 15 years out, top line revenue numbers and what you guys really want to get into or maybe even branch out from your traditional uh, you know, business plan? I think about, right, I take, I take whatever little bit of education I have and I try to apply it to my business. Economics, supply and demand. You look at the market, the meal prep market is becoming saturated. When the market becomes saturated, you need to find, you need to find ways to um, merge or acquire your competition. We're gonna, uh, I have a little bit of a, a trick on my sleeve where I think I could create a cooperative um, deal for my competition, consolidate some of the meal prep industry, figure out ways to give them something attractive to make money. And, and that's really it. We have to, we have to start consolidating some of the, uh, the competition. We have to, uh, you have your eyes on a couple companies, more, more of like just certain people I like that I'd want to bring in on it. Like good people. There's some people I compete with that are just dirt bags, but do you want to call them out? Nah. You don't have to. Nah. You don't need to. I didn't, like, I'm on a crusade, man. Yeah. I started doing this to help people, so. The bad guys will fall. Life will take care of them. Something, but uh, the future, man, we got the, uh, you know, we're working on the national shipping. We just have to get, we're just, you know, we're waiting to get into our new building. Yeah, what other states you going into? I know you're down in Georgia. We're working on a we're working on a lease right now in Virginia. Um, we're in Georgia. We're uh, logistically we, that's all so hard, man. That's so much work that people don't realize the the shipping because food's heavy. Yeah, all the, that. The stuff. shipping is a problem. I think like what keeps me up at night is just like you put together this deal, you structure your organization, you put. You know, you put your you you put your lieutenants in place, and then you just pray to God that like all the lower level enlisted men follow the orders. Um, I just tell myself, you know, some you have to you have to re you have to rely on the organization. Believe in your systems you built. Yeah, because you can't be a control freak. No. Nobody wants to be micromanaged. Nobody wants to be micromanaged. That's stressful for you as the leader too. Yeah, so I have an organization I believe in, Virginia. It should be cool. So give me a top line number eClean.bro wants to chase down. I asked this to the last couple people on the chat. Think like, man, by by 2025, if I'm not a 50, if I'm not at 50 million, dude, I'm doing something wrong. I got, I have a tremendous team now. My marketing director is just like, dude, we're gonna be 50 million by next year. I'm like, all right, man, like, I, I don't doubt it, but it is kind of a, an aggressive fucking growth to, to more than, you know, double in a year. But we, we do have some very promising things. We're, uh, you've laid the groundwork. I, I've laid the groundwork and uh, somebody, I don't know who I was talking to today. Oh. Actually, I just made friends with Chris from uh, Nettie's House of Spaghetti. And we were, we were talking about... The story of E Clean Bro is nothing short of, like, remarkable. I mean, mm. it is a fucking crazy story. It's crazy. Like, it's fucking crazy. So, basically, man, what I was telling him was... Owning a business is very overwhelming. And a lot of times, you bring in consultants, and they want to fucking turn the house upside down. They want to clear house. They want to just start over and that's never really been my style my style has always been man let's just let's just hit the low-hanging fruit you know let's just hit the low-hanging fruit grow a couple million hit the low-hanging fruit grow a couple million hit the low-hanging fruit and just keep going after you know just just having like small easy wins dink and dunk chip away that's it man so we're chipping away uh, you know, one of the things I'm most proud of is, man, we've grown 
and we've gotten better. And a lot of times, especially food businesses, they grow and they fucking, they crash. Yeah. It, it's hard to you like- You don't build the systems. You, your scale at some point is just not there. Yeah, not. so. Too many people work in the business, not on the business, as I observe in the meal prep space. Yeah. They may have good food, they may be great people, and a lot of them are, but they don't have, they don't understand once you get to a certain volume number that you have to build the systems and scale from there yeah. or you're gonna go backwards. I've been really good at identifying those breaking points. I've been, that's one thing I think I've been good at. I've been good at being able to identify like I need to change this or it's gonna break and being able to change it before it breaks. And um, you obviously have done it right. Yeah, so yeah, man. Before so. we uh, before we jump, because I appreciate your time and we've been chatting for a while. Is there anything that you want to say or anything on the top of your mind that you want to give to the viewers of this? Um, before, oh man, I guess like before you think about giving up, before you think about being angry, before you think about being a hater, ask yourself, you know, un understand yourself, become aware of yourself, ask yourself, what do you want out of life? Truly understand it. If you think like, oh, I want a Porsche, or like some fucking bullshit answer about like, I want a penthouse and a Porsche, you know, dig deeper than that. You are yourself. There's nobody who's going to push you. There's nobody who's going to hold you accountable. It's only you. So you need to fucking understand that you're in this world by yourself. You might have a great mom and dad. You might have a great family. But at the end of the day, you fucking come in this world alone. You go out this world alone. You are alone. Embrace it. You know, life is not fair. Yeah, life is harder for others. Some more than others. But like, dude, life is fucking hard for everybody. Don't feel sorry for yourself. Figure it out. Don't like, yeah, I mean, just, dude, when it comes to figuring it out, you can start with what makes me happy, what makes me mad, what makes me sad. Like a Dr. Seuss book, just like, dude, chip away at what the fuck you want out of your life. If you don't know where you're going, any road will get you there. Yeah. And that's all, folks. Absolutely. Well, Jamie, thank you. You're welcome, man. Viewers, tune in next week. We're going to have another person on. Cheers, brother. Cheers, man. That was great. Great conversation. Thank you, great bro. nuggets.